persistence culture. Persistence, firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Culture, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Keep moving. This is Persistence Culture. We are Ventura County's premier podcast. Uh, Mambo and Brian back at it at the yellow table. What's up, man? Hey, Mambo. How you doing, man? Good uh, to see you. I'm doing good, man. Uh, I'm glad it's finally uh, slowing down from the holidays and, uh, you know, the, the, the credit card bill uh, got, got oh, here yesterday. Damn. So uh, the damage from the holidays Ooh. is officially here. You don't, it doesn't set until that statement comes in, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I know what I'm spending. I just want to make sure I get those uh, those points on my credit card. 100%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. But we're back with another guest. And uh, today, you, you, you've you met him before. This is mm-hmm. the first time I meet him. Uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you're about, man? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Matt Hall. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of TrueFit Customs. And uh, we started a company that uh, just really was to make custom fit more available and okay. affordable. And so we're set up through an e-commerce model and we send out impression kits and we use digital manufacturing to just make streamline the whole process for people. And so that started this about three years ago and it's been growing, you know, year over year, but we're still, you know, young and we got a lot to do. So. How long have you been in business? We've been in business since 2019. Okay. Um, really selling since 2021. What's uh, the product? So we have multiple products, but our main like flagship product is a custom fit sports mouth guard. Okay. Which, you know, totally not sexy in a lot of ways, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we looked at the market size and it's, it's rather large. And so not knowing anything about dentistry, we kind of jumped into that. Um, and so the market size is a 1 billion in the United States, which was a shocking number to us. Wow. It's, it's one of those things like everybody needs one, you know, like that place, one sports, kids and adults, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I I was shocked by it. And so we initially were going to go with like four different products and initially launch them, but we said, okay, we don't have all the money in the world. We got to focus on what we're going to advertise. And so we went and started with the sports mouth guard and it ended up actually opening up this whole other world that we didn't know really was there. And so right. that kind of got us into bigger leagues like the NFL and NHL. And so it just opened doors and yeah, it's kind of a very antiquated, you know, uh, product. And it's, it's crazy because I, I'm, I'm just, my brain started like going and, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, like what, what type of research went into, into <laughs> it before you actually decided to go with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's journals out there. There's like the market analysis that you can look up. So like you type in Google, you know, how big is the sports mouth guard market in the United States? And then they'll try to sell you this, you know, market analytics, right? you know, but they'll have like the key points. And so they'll tell you how big the market is. They'll show like the key players, you know, but a couple of it's blurred out, but we were able to pull that and then kind of start from there. Uh, we initially launched just me and my buddy just, you know, I had, we, we actually own manufacturing, which is mm-hmm. different than many of the other uh, competitors we have. Mm. Um, and so by owning manufacturing, it becomes a hassle, but it also allows us to sell at a more competitive rate. And so our margins are a bit higher. And so the com- competitors, they, uh, it's like third party, they go to like across overseas or how do they do theirs yeah generally they'll work with like a third-party dental lab Mm. Uh, you know it's a lot of like a dental lab and then some you know marketer will kind of license out you know they'll do all the manufacturing for them and so you know you make it for 40 dollars per guard as Mm. the manufacturer i'll sell it for 120 
Oh. You know, so it's like a markup thing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they have, they're actually forced to sell at a higher number. But, but you, your business model is way different, like, as far as, like, the conventional way of, like, I remember when I was playing football, if I wanted a custom mouth guard, I had to go to my dentist and, you know, get molds, and I had to put that freaking clay in, or, I don't know, yeah. like, the, the typical, putty. yeah, yeah, the putty, and it was messy and cost a lot, and then, so yours is a little different, though, right, like, how you set it up? Uh, yeah, I mean, you think of, like, Bite or Small Direct Club, which actually went, yeah. Uh, bankrupt recently so right. but for other reasons <laughs> not because of the product um, but uh, it's kind of that model it's that at home impression kit send back it's really not our business is called true fit customs and that mouth guard specific because we're really focusing on custom fit and bringing that to the forefront so we start with uh, sports mouth guards just because of the opportunity but we do have like night guards whitening trays when you send it back we'll 3d scan it We'll keep it on file. You'll have your own dashboard. You can see your scan. Then you'll see all the custom fit products that you can buy. So, so when it's custom, it's custom f- to fit. But what about oh, yeah. custom designs, you know, designs and stuff like that? Yeah. So we actually don't do that. Um, and the reason is, it's just it will increase the price for the customer, and it'll really slow down manufacturing. So we're like a, we're pretty much take custom fit and then let's scale it. Okay. So like. Custom fit tends to be decentralized. You know, you know, you get it from your dentist. That's why, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if we can do this at scale using digital manufacturing, then we can just have really high throughput. You know, get people high quality custom fit at an affordable price. But as soon as we start putting designs, you know, that just complicates the process tremendously. And so we we looked into it, and a lot of our competitors are doing that, but they're focused on being a sports mouth guard company. We're focused on being a custom fit provider. Where does the the business side for, uh, for you come from? Is this something you wanted to do for yourself, like get get into business? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I actually had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Um, <laughs> you know, like most people going, <laughs> I was in college, I was studying psychology, and I was like, I, I got into like personal training from that, from that like mindset, kind of right. like positive psychology. I thought I was really interested in that instead of like all the different abnormal psychology. Right. Mm. And so... From there, I did personal training, and then I ended up doing my own personal training and kind of got in the entrepreneurial world, and then kind of wanted to go into the medical space, and so I started uh, taking all the medical classes, and then my training turned into tutoring (laughs) because it just made more money, to be honest, (laughs) Right, and it it was easier, and so I started the tutoring business, but it wasn't scalable, and so it's kind of like the, the pimp model. Right. You know, you can just get a bunch of tutors under you and you pimp them out, Yeah, you know, and it's now just scheduling, <laughs> um, but it doesn't scale very well. And so I, I was like, okay, I want to do e-commerce because I want to make something that's pretty automated and set up. Mm-hmm. And so I was just looking for like what technologies are going to be big coming up in the next couple of years. And uh, digital manufacturing was a big part in 3D printing specifically. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to find like okay, what industries are adopting uh, 3D technology the most. And I looked up and, you know, dentistry, of course, because everybody's teeth is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And so if you think of like injection molding, more traditional manufacturing method, you know, you have that really high cost for that mold and then it drops as you uh, build volume. So, you know, it's a $50,000 model or mold. You make 50,000 of them, they're a dollar each, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
uh, it, dr- it kind of drops as it goes along. But like 3D printing, it stays consistent throughout the deal. Mm-hmm. And you can print something incrementally different every single time as long as the volume stays the same. And so, you know, that's teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so yeah. Uh, you know, dentistry was adopting it. They're not, you know, in that market. You know, doctors tend to be very conservative. Right. Um, and, you know, for good reason. And, you know, there was this push for direct-to-consumer in the dent- in dental space, kind of like paved through... Smile Direct Club. Uh-huh. And so we kind of caught that wind behind them and we went with another product that's not as interventional, you know, because aligners are moving your teeth. Mm-hmm. We're not moving anybody's teeth. But we did, I can do aligners and I moved my own teeth because I was going to start with that. And so. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I moved it all in my, you know, I had a second, in the second bedroom of our apartment, we had like thermal forming machines, 3D printers. My wife was very patient. <laughs> I started when I was 26. So. so how how long into the business did you did you tell yourself this is going to work? Oh, yeah. Was there like a moment or a break that you got that you were like, yeah, it's going to work? I mean, I would say a year ago, and I've been doing it for five. Wow, but four like four years. Yeah, yeah, and it's in my mind. I always couldn't could envision it. Um, it was just like, how do you get started? You know, there's just no curriculum. Mm-hmm. You know, you to start a business, you know, if, if you want to become a doctor, you you it's very hard, but there are, you know, structured things that you have to accomplish. Right. And if you get those done, you become a doctor, right? But with business, it is completely up in the air. And you, it's hard to even get mentors yeah. because they've run a completely different business, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, we're made to order product. We have a lot, we're heavily in shipping and, you know, we're in custom fit and we're manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so hard to really kind of take a lot of mentorship. You have to just go out and do it. Right. Or at least I've always kind of done that. And I just slam in the walls really hard and just, I'm completely okay with failing. I was, I was going to say, it seems like you came across a lot of speed bumps oh, uh, throughout this. Dude, crazy. Speed bumps. <laughs> like, like, yeah. What, things is you there can't even expect. To, to mind right now? Like a uh, speed bump wise? Oh, I mean, we've been served cease and desist by competitors and we've fought them back. We've, uh, you know, we, we've been out of money. You know, we've been $120,000 in personal credit card debt with no money coming in. Wow. Um, we took no venture capital, but we raised angel investment. Like there was three years of just my just head in my hands, just like what? I going to do <laughs> like how the that is hell crazy, am I going to get out of this? I mean, and you know, I don't, I didn't take any business courses or anything like that, but I learned everything myself. So I built my website, you know, s- countless times. Um, I've built it on Shopify, I've built it on WordPress. I've used the applications and, you know, different APIs and plugged them in myself. I've done my own email and campaigns, my own Facebook and Google campaigns. And so like I can, work with freelancers and now I can kind of be like, okay, that's bullshit. Right. Or, yeah. you know, you're actually the real deal. And so it's, you know, it's helped me to kind of find the right people. And at this point in our business, you know, we manufacture in Indiana and that's a whole story on, you know, why we do that. Mm-hmm. But, um, we manufacture in Indiana and we have a great team there. You know, I kind of just twiddle my thumbs in a lot, you know, I could just twiddle my thumbs and just say, okay, the business will grow, you know, month over month because we have great freelancers that just, you know, grow the business as it, because the product is really right. actually sells itself. 
Man, but that was like five years of you grinding out that system and figuring out all those, doing it yourself, really. Yeah. And then finding be- better people to put in those facets, like the website, and the software. Yeah. You know? I um, mean, and then the risks that I've taken oh, are kind of, you know, I, it's tough because, you know, we, we spent $90,000 on a USA hockey official, you know, we were going to be the official sports mouth guard of USA. Mm-hmm. Hockey. And from our lens, we're like, okay, they've got 500,000 followers. You know, they're the largest organization in the United States with sports mouth guards. They're going to kind of put the validation on us. Mm-hmm. And we knew we had no sales. <laughs> so we actually just got a investment from a, you know, and by the way, that's a whole nother thing, fundraising. But we finally got, you know, $100,000. It was supposed to go out to $250,000. We got that. We immediately spent it on this giant, you know, partnership with USA Hockey. Right. Which is a national partnership. And it didn't turn out to the sales that we'd like to. And we just lost tons of capital on that. But it actually, it shot us up to a different level of you know, people taking us seriously. Right. So from there, we were able to go to PHATS, which is the Professional Hockey Athletic Trainers Society. And this was a shot in the dark, too. This is another $25,000 risk. Let's just, you know. So do they do they find you, or do you actually reach out to, to these people? Yeah, we reached out. And, um, you know, and they're great people over there at USA Hockey. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Nike and Adidas, it's a accounting error for them to, you know, be the official apparel of usa hockey yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's like five hundred thousand dollars and they're like spending 20 million dollars on one team right right <laughs> and so but we were gonna do it because we were like okay yeah they'll take a you know we'll get all their uh teams that flood up into the nhl so we'll get all their development teams that go into the nhl and so right. uh and we'll also be like taken seriously we'll you know be able to get all the uh they have a lot of outreach on their social media i mean what we found out was you know, a lot of that is, it's hard to put a value on it because you don't know what's real and what's not in social yeah. media. And really only, only by testing it, you kind of see. Mm. And so that didn't pan out the way that we thought it would. And it was more of like a brand awareness scenario, but we were able to go to P hats and, you know, show ourselves as the official sports mouth guard in USA hockey. And whether this, you know, was helpful or not, um, we were taken seriously by NHL teams. And so from there, we were able to get the Carolina Hurricane, and they were the first team to really take us seriously. And then we ended up getting the Islanders later that year and then the New York Rangers. And so... Yeah, so, sometimes when you go after the big dog... Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the, the smaller dogs will mm-hmm. say, like, oh, oh you're, shit. You're, you're with them, like exactly. you're attached to that yeah. brand. And... Uh, that really helps. I know. I know. Uh, when when we built a brand at one yeah. time, we were in bonds. So any anytime we would try to go to like a the liquor stores to get our product in yeah. there, they would say, "Ah, I get products like that all the time." And then once we would mention that we were in bonds, it was like, "Wait a minute, bonds carries that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me two cases of that. Yeah. So so it, it's situations analogy, like yeah. that where where they connect you to a bigger brand. So they're like, "Man, I need to mess with these guys mm-hmm. because they." It's almost like they want to be a part of the of you blowing up and and coming up yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. And that validation mark is you know very important with our products. And I think it's it's crazy to me how most people that that start a business like this, it's like you know they it's a product that you know maybe when they were kids, like oh, I'm going to make this into a business one day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you kind of just did research on what was needed 
Yeah. Or, or where well, that market was going to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Pretty much. It sounded like you yeah. blended some of your interests, though. I mean, you love sports, right? Like, Oh, yeah. You're a big sports guy, and, like, it, it, I've, we've hung out a couple of times, like, and it, yeah. he's just like, I got to go watch this game. And I'm like, why? You like hockey? He's like, dude, the, uh, these guys are wearing my mouth guard. <laughs> I got to go Support. see. I got to go see if they're going to wear life. my stuff, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, it's true. Because it's interesting. You know, we don't – we're so small, and – if you were to wear a helmet or maybe you've seen the um, Oakley's visors in the oh, NFL, yeah. like, yeah. you know, there's no licensing deals for mouth guards at this time in the NHL and in the NFL. And so we live in this gray area where we're a medical product provided by the athletic trainers. So we're, so it's like, we have our logo on it and it is seen. So I like, I like watching the games cause I'm like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. And <laughs> snap then a picture. Yeah. A million people are watching the game and maybe yeah. it's just me seeing it, yeah. but like sometimes you see it and it's like, Oh, perfect. You know, they're, you but know, you'll get, you'll get a, a, a youngster who's, you know, watching a fan that. of the yeah. sport oh, and yeah. plays and they'll say they'll want the same I want thing. It, yeah. That, I want exactly what they're wearing. Yeah. I want all the, all the accoutrements and yeah. the accessories, dude. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, I mean, so it, that was the really interesting part about sports mouth guards that we didn't ne necessarily like really know about until we got into it. We didn't know that the entire NHL and the entire NFL are like, you know, it's complete disarray on how they get their custom fit sports mouth guards because mm -hmm. everyone's trading, everyone uses a different dentist, and all, every dentist uses a different lab, which makes a different product. And so I'll use an example like Matthew Stafford. He, you know, was at the Lions. He liked the mouth guards that he wore back then. He transferred to the Rams, you know, couldn't get that same one. And so then he's, you know, he's asking the athletic trainers. They're trying to track down a dentist, you know, but if we centralize all the scans, all the mouth guards, and so we, we save your, their preferences and deliver exactly what they want, you know, it's really easy for the athletic trainers and the players. And we get brand away. And it don't matter what team they go to. They, yeah. Exactly. We have yeah. a complete database with it's like hooked to an API that, tracks where the teams go and so the play they can see which scans are on file and order on demand so we're pretty software oriented mm -hmm, in that way yeah. we've got honestly it just comes down to amazing people now you uh you went to school for something else yeah. uh you know you this is kind of like uh you you took a, a risk with what you did in the business yeah how did uh how did family feel about the choice you made after oh, <laughs> after man. going to school for that long for something else yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I mean, first off, you know, my wife is completely supportive, like blindly supportive yeah. of, you know, when I was 26, I asked her, hey, I'm going to try to be an entrepreneur and I have and give me till 30. If it's if I'm not making any money, <laughs> then I'll go find a job. And by 29, I was so in debt that it was like, I don't know, it's going to have to work. <laughs> Um, <laughs> did you, did you quit your job at 26 or did, what were, what were you, uh, I was tutoring. Oh, you were doing the tutoring. You were doing the <laughs> so, tutoring I mean, thing. I was kind of an entrepreneur then, but like, gotcha. I was like, let's go full on. Like, I'm going to find a market. I'm going to find a product. Like I did a lot of research. I was actually, I built a dental lab and I was providing to, you know, Dennis in Ventura County and making them in the second bedroom of my apartment. You know, <laughs> um, Damn. and like slang and mouthpieces, man. dude, slang and cause I, well, it's been the digital manufacturing aspect Yeah, and it's just so <laughs> happened that, uh, you know, dentistry has adopted these products. Right. I mean, jewelry was another potential Avenue, but you know, I feel I already had a medical kind of, you know, understanding. And so I felt capable of being able to do that. But to your question, my, my dad, he's a sociologist, uh, my mom, she was a great mom 
And, you know, we really didn't have that business background. No one in my family does business. And, you know, there was a lot of, I guess, worry about the unknown Mm -hmm. and how much money it costs to actually start a business. And I didn't fully understand that either. And so kind of as I was going, you know, my attitude for it is I kind of think of it as Jenga. You know, you're just kind of like pushing and you kind of find one that's like, you know, loose and then you grab that one. But, you know, it costs money each time you push (laughs) and a lot of money and time. And so, you know, I'm not afraid to act and live with the consequences. You know, sometimes those consequences are pretty rough. Right. Um, But when you get the right one, it's like, holy, you know, wow, the rewards are amazing. And so like after that many times of, you know, doing those pushes and giving those tries. It seems, it seems like a lot of the, a lot of the work that went in just because you didn't know what you were getting yourself into is that you were uncomfortable a lot of times. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, at least for me, when I'm, when I'm uncomfortable, that means I'm, I'm either learning something new or I'm, or I'm headed in the right direction. Cause when you're comfortable, it just seems like you, you're on cruise control and you're mm-hmm. cool with, you know, what you're doing. There's no growth though. Yeah. There's no growth with being comfortable, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. But with you, it's like, uh, I'm pretty sure you're, you're going and meeting with these dentists for when, when you first started, right? Oh yeah. I mean, dude, I'm shameless. <laughs> yeah, were you cold calling? Uh, were you going door to door or what? I How called the dentist. So I init- I knew nothing about dentistry. Didn't know a dentist. <laughs> knew nothing. And so I would go. I'd call the dentist in Ventura County. I'd be like, "Hey, I'd like an Invisalign consultation." And so they'd come in, and I'd be sitting there with my presentation, and I'd be like, "I got an idea." <laughs> And, like, by this time, it wasn't, like, sports mouth guards or anything, but it's, like, let's go direct to consumer with all these different products, and you're going to fund me. You know, like, (laughs) you know, look at how big the market is, and I've never done it before, and I'm 26, but I'll figure it out. And, and, you know, I had a lot of no's, and I did this for, you know, to a bunch of different dentists, and one paid attention to me. And, you know, he ended up being our first investor, it took us probably six months of convincing for him to actually put the cash in. Right. But yeah. It was a wild road. And he, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for him for initially putting his, you know, hat in the ring. And so were you, were you looking for investors as you were building the product? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know how to get the money and I really didn't understand, you know, how to raise financial cash, like as far as, you know, venture capital, and now I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now I, but it's too late now. I've already done the work. I bootstrapped <laughs> it all. So, like, if I were to do another business, you know, I'd make it a C corp. I would structuralize it so venture capital would be very easy to come in. You know, I'd know how to create my different pitch decks, and I know what information they're looking for and how I could present it. But, you know, after that long, you know, going into venture capital now wouldn't make sense for us. Yeah, it's it's crazy how you you came across all these speed bumps and you you figured it out because people I think are are so used to like you know you you watch Shark Tank, yeah, and you you get that uncle or aunt like oh I got a better idea and it's way better than that mm-hmm. but yeah. they don't understand the the work and the struggle and the speed bumps that you come across and it sounds like you were dealing with that every day, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you probably still, still do yeah. deal with it. Not as like, yeah, yeah, I still deal with it. Now it's fun. Right. Now it's like, wow, it's, you know, we're not a, a, you know, super successful company that, you know, we're sitting here, like I'm talking about all the good 
you know, I miss the old days or anything. I'm literally <laughs> in it right now. Like, but you know, it's almost like we found the oil, you know, there's little spurts of oil coming out. We're trying to drill it. We're getting a little bit of it, but yeah. like there, we see tremendous opportunity at this point. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what gets us really jazzed. So we're ready to do the work and kind of lean into the markets that we're in currently. And those just happen to be, you know, in sports and we get to work directly with NFL teams and NHL teams. And, you know, we get to see the players that, you know, we love watching every weekend, you know, wear our product mm -hmm. and ask for more. And so, you know, that, that makes us feel like we're doing something that is worthwhile. But on the larger scheme also, like I, digital manufacturing is a way to bring manufacturing back to the United States. And mm -hmm. this was always part of it mm. was that, you know, we're kind of just taking money and we're like giving it to, you know, foreign bodies because they're doing all the manufacturing out there. We're trading our money for plastic in a lot of ways. Is that, is that the reason you mentioned earlier that you, what was it, Indiana or? or? Yeah, yeah. We manufacture in Indiana, but digital manufacturing is a way to bring manufacturing back to the United States because you can't just, you know, the scan, you know, traditional manufacturing, you're making the same product over and over and over mm -hmm. again. So you know, it makes sense to keep it in the, keep it in the United States. It's not super labor intensive, but it, you know, requires very capable hands. And so you, it's a way to bring digital, bring manufacturing back to the United States a little bit. And so we try to do that. And I feel like you said that now, now you're having fun with, with it yeah. and, and, you know, it, it obviously it's still work, but Man, I, I don't see a finish line for you for mm -hmm. a long time no. with this. <laughs> Cause oh, dude, we got insoles coming. Like, oh, I like that. I got a whole box of goodies right there that are all like, you know, our different products, our impression kits and all that. So we're actually in the, you know, what we want to do is we want to digitize the orientations of your body and give you custom fit options based on that. Wow. You know, but like simple products that you, you know, you need like a night guard, $500 in the dentist. That's ridiculous. Right. Like yeah. We can make you an, a great mouth guard. Uh, keep it super thin, comfortable like you want it. You know, sleep with your mouth closed. So, mm. you know, it's not open the whole time. And we'll, you know, use a polyurethane plastic so it's more flexible so you don't have that initial, you know, when you put it in, it hurts really badly. Right. We use a certain type of plastic that's a little bit more flexible so it doesn't, like, have that initial, like, jolting pain. And so you just providing a product that the customers want at the end of the day and making it, you know, affordable. It, no, it doesn't need to be $500. It can be yeah. 65 and, you know, we make a fine profit off that and the customer gets to enjoy, you know, whatever the, well, let's say, eighth of the price. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's crazy, man. I'm still I'm, I'm still in awe of, of uh, you know, you you focus on one product and now you you mentioning these other products. Oh, we got them. I'm wearing insoles now. Is that something you wanted to eventually add to it or was it just something that kind of came up as you were working on yeah. this other product? I guess this goes to a little bit of my ignorance about business initially. I like built all the products and I was like, Oh, we're just going to go to market with all these, you know, with the <laughs> super small budget we have. Right. And like, I just thought like it would just take off immediately. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh my God, it is so, you know, to even do digital like advertising, you have to take this risk, you know, and, and the risk is, okay, I've got to pay $10,000 to some freelancer or yourself to put it into Facebook or Google each month. And I got to hope that I make a return on that. Right. You know, that's each month. And so if I don't make a return on that, you know, I'm out $10,000. Yeah. That's a lot of money for anybody. And what yeah. do they say? Oh, sorry. I mean, I yeah. think we gave you, you know, a good ROI. 
Yeah. Plus the management fees, you right. know, so you're, right. get, you're actually doing like $15,000 just right off the bat. So it's a huge risk and you have to have the right creative, the right messaging for the customer. Mm-hmm. You don't even know who your customer is. Yeah. And so when you're doing all these products, you have a bunch of different customers. And so like, you know, my night guard customers are different than my sports mouth guard customers. You know, so there's overlap there, but generally, you know, they're, they're slightly different. Right. And so like going to market with just one is really tough. So it took us, you know, I would say we went through like four different agencies to find the right um, advertiser. And mm-hmm. now we have just like the best guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and guess, you know, it's the the one you didn't you didn't think it would be. Yeah, it's this 20, like four year old kid in Miami. He's so unassuming and he's just a dog at uh digital advertising and he gets us like a a great return on ad spend. And we initially were doing like 1.5 return Mm -hmm. on ad spend and that was terrible. And we were losing tons of money and, you know, we were working with professional agencies and then we went to this, just one kid, 24 years old, studied accounting and we're like, okay, we're going to trust you, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like don't waste it. And he just crushed it immediately. And we're like, what? And he just does the simplest thing. He does exactly what you think you would, you know, what you should do. And I'll tell you what he does. He just exports, you know, the, when customers buy, which we do get customers to buy, of course, but maybe not the right ROAS when they buy, he exports, you know, their email and who they are, like their cookies, I guess. And then he builds lookalike audiences based on that. So we're essentially building the audience that is actually based on the customer. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. how obvious, but now you have to manually export it. It used to be more automated, but yeah, he manually exports it. And that's been huge for our business. And really actually it has made business fun. Well, I think a lot of people too, that have never tried a business and have that, that bright idea. I, I don't think they understand how much marketing you have to do for your product too. Gotta yeah. pay to play, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 And just going hard, I think is a really important yeah. thing. I mean, you're going to work really hard at a small business. You're also going to work really hard if you try to go for a big business. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The risk has always been, I, I've been kind of blind because I initially thought that my LLC would protect me from my personal liability. When mm-hmm. I took out all these credit cards, I was like, oh, if I can't pay it back, what are they going to do? And I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, I'm personally liable. <laughs> but I found that out like three years later. <laughs> So, I mean, I oh, went shit. in so ignorantly, you know, when I'm 26 years old, I'm like $120,000 in debt. And I'm like, you know, if I go bankrupt, whatever. But like, then I'm now personally liable. Now, where, where did you, where did you think you were protected when, when you seen that? Because a lot of people have information that's not true yeah. from TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, because there's a lot of that yeah. floating around. Yeah. They're saying, you know, like, like gurus, you know. <laughs> yeah, because and then you do get a lot of youngsters saying like, yeah. you know, well, they said it on TikTok, so it's true. What made you realize like, where was Yo, the truth come from? Yeah. Where did the truth come? Where from? did you from the hear? Banker that told me <laughs> that, a banker. No, I mean like, yeah, I was like, look, I'm one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. Like, what am, what am I gonna, you know? And then I was like, am I co- am I covered because it's co- related to my LLC? And they're like, oh, well, you signed something initially saying that you're personally backing the LLC, so that's why we gave you this credit card, you know? And I was like, oh. But where did Shit. you where did you think you were protected? <laughs> well, did someone tell you that that or um, you just I, just, I kind of assumed that there was the corporate veil. Oh, okay. you know, because we kind of we've heard that word yeah, yeah. before, right. And, right? and you know, I actually didn't dig in it enough to like. I'm kind of I shoot from the hip. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm like let's just do it. 
and see what happens. Yeah, I, I learned the hard way too, signing a legal document. And yeah. then, you know, sometimes they tell you just sign here or right. sign here, especially like when it's a contract or an agreement mm-hmm. with, with an endorsement or something. And then, you know, f- five years down the line, that you're like, I never signed back, that. Man. And they're like, yes, you did. Yeah. So now I'm more careful and I have someone look at the documents I signed because right. before when we're young, you just, you just sign. Sign your life away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually what we've done that is interesting is we've set up the LLC so that all of our investors are non-voting investors, mm-hmm. which is actually really good. We have 100% control of the founding team. And so we don't have to really, uh, you know, the investors are all silent. You know, they kind of are putting it all on red and seeing what happens, which, you know, we so far we've actually given them a great return. Do you have someone who told do you know and wants to come in now? Yeah, but the now the price is higher. <laughs> yeah, now they're, they're they want to come in, but they're like, "Oh, can we go at the same price?" No. <laughs> and and these exponentially grow because we're you know we're dealing on a national level, so right. it's like the you know we can serve everyone in the United States and Canada. So I mean, I think it's like three hundred and fifty million people that we can actually reach out to. Not all those people are our market, but. You know, that, that's the cool thing about e-commerce. You mm-hmm. immediately have this really high ceiling. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to get into e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And we also get people from Europe as well. They just pay you know, more of a shipping price. But That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is, is there a goal to go international? Or um, how, how big are you trying to get this company to, to um, be? Is there a, um, a comparison company that you can kind of point out? I guess I'd ask you guys. I mean, do you know of any do you know a brand that's known for custom fit, like products? No. And then, and then why is that? I, I would know? guess like the regulations and money that you're going to spend for each product and uh, countries have different rules. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think of like Nike of kind of try to do it with shoes, like the Nike ID and yeah. like you can kind of customimize your own shoe, but then that kind of fell apart. Like, I don't yeah. even think they're doing that now. Is that they're the probably losing aspect? Money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you could kind of customize it with your name and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, they were doing that, yeah. Right. So the reason you don't have many custom fit products is because of the digital manufacturing didn't exist. But also to your point, it was protected by the medical practitioners providing the product. Mm. You know, if you want custom fit insoles, you go to your podiatrist. Mm-hmm. If you want a custom fit night guard, you go to your dentist, right? And that's just because it's hard to make this stuff. You know, and the before they're actually, it's literally the Stone Age. They're pouring stone into a model and then, you know, building it off that stone model. Right. But 3D manufacturing, like, blows this up. It allows us to hold all the scans digitally in, like, the cloud. And so we have, like, you know, thousands of people's scans just in a Dropbox that we can pull from and give them on-demand access to their custom-fit products, right? right? And we can 3D print them on-demand. And so, like... The advent of the technology has allowed this process to happen. You're going to see a lot more custom fit products, but our goal is to actually get the scans. We'll provide it at a lower price than anyone else will because we own the manufacturing and we'll continually send you impression kits until you get the right fit. Mm -hmm. We're comfortable with that because at the end of the day, we just want you you to have an awesome custom fit product. And then you can forever get custom fit products whenever you want. You come to TrueFit. And we'll give you, you know, a very fair price and we'll give you high quality custom fit. And so that that's actually the goal of TrueFit. Where and did that, the, the name and logo and all that come from? Is this? Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that's, that's not the that's original another, name, right? Yeah. The, so that's another uh, f- tough, you know, 
roadblock I ran into. We got the logo. We paid thirty dollars for my wife's friend who, you know, made it for us, and uh-huh. it's sick. I fell in love with it right away. It looks great. We we adjusted it slightly, but like it was pretty much primary. It was all her. Right. Um, Sarah Wadsworth. If you know anyone's out there, she's a graphic designer. She'll charge more though now. <laughs> <laughs> Since this podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got that, and it was TF, and the name prior to that was Trifigure. And I, coming from the manufacturing perspective, I was like, this is sick. I love Trifigure. You know, I thought it was a really cool name. <laughs> and I got, and we have like a DBA. We set up everything under Trifigure. You know, you email Matt at Trifigure. That's me. Um, <laughs> and like, I would go to, you know, my sister's always going to tell me what she thinks. And she's like, that's a terrible name. Like, ask anybody that sounds like a manufacturer. It doesn't sound like a direct-to-consumer facing business. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's kind of true. And But she's saying this after I just bought a thousand impression kits <laughs> with the name Trifigure. <laughs> and they're the most expensive, like... <laughs> I wanted like luxury, you know, right. <laughs> and it, it's like they've got like magnetic <laughs> sleeves on them. Just spent all of the money that I've been talking to you about oh, man. on these impression kits. And I'm, I'm like, well, how the hell am I going to change my name? You know, and so like there's a back and forth and so painful, you know, yeah. like try and like, do I go to market with, you know, Trifigure or do I go with TrueFit? And like these are the th- four years where I'm just beating my head just trying to figure out like what the hell am I so doing? you had to go with something tf I had to go with something tf because I like the logo yeah and yeah. I wasn't gonna go anywhere else and I was like true fit yeah you know it, well actually we tried a bunch of different things we were tufta was one of them but I was like I'm not gonna be just in teeth <laughs> tufta <laughs> tufta. <laughs> tufta well we were I like true fit <laughs> we're very it's a very masculine brand yeah. You know, and this is something that you have to consider, you know, when you're going to market is like, who is going to be purchasing my products mm-hmm. and like, okay, well, men don't as much care about their, you know, teeth and as their, you know, their health. And so, and they don't purchase online as much. So why don't we make it more feminine? Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I actually really felt, I had a dream. It's which weird is weird. I actually kind of, you know, I even got into this because I had a dream. Um, <laughs> it just kind of makes sense. And I just follow those dreams. And I was like, you know what? I think true fit is the way to go. And so we kept the brand, you know, we kept with the masculine identity and it's found us exactly where we want to be, you know, mm-hmm. like working with the Rams, working with the Patriots. Like, it, I mean, I couldn't have been happier with how this actually turned out, but you also can't look back and say like, you know, there's no roadmap. Right. You literally, we just went really hard in, you know, every push we did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't always the right choices. And knowing now I would play it different. Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to run into, you know, huge issues. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to make some mistakes, of course. But gosh, you know, those lessons that you learn and just knowing that you're going to be. You're not going to okay. learn that nowhere else. No. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. You just got to push the button and just go hard. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ask me about my career because I've been doing it in a, it's, it's almost un, unheard of because I work in radio and usually in radio, a radio DJ will, will hop from small market to small market, like every three to five years. And I've been in the same market, a market I grew up in yeah. for over 20 years. And it's, it's, it's crazy because when you said you didn't know what you were doing, yeah, it's, it's same with me. Like I, I always looked at radio as like, there's no right or wrong way of doing it because when when someone tells you like he's doing it right, there's a mm-hmm. there's already he's already doing it his way. Why would I want to copy him? You right. know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So I always I always looked at radios like there's no right or wrong way of doing it. 
executing your idea is everything. So, you know, and you're not going to know if the idea is going to work until you try it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So so our, our top feature is something that everyone was doing, but we just put our twist to it. Yeah. And, uh, man, uh, the emails and, and now DMs start coming in like crazy nonstop yeah. for, mm-hmm. for that feature. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just doing what you love and, yeah. you know, going hard and doing it right. Are you Rico Amambo? I'm Mambo, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I grew up, yeah, listening to you. (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, man. No way. Yeah. Yeah, Because when your voice came in here, I was like, God, I. Sounds familiar, (laughs) right? Sounds familiar. Yep. Yeah, man. Dude, no way. 20 plus years, bro. Oh, dude. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, man. No, but I I really like this story just because it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, Everyone telling you not to do it. I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know what I was doing when I got into radio. How did you get into it? Uh, I I like DJing. I was a DJ. Yeah, yeah. And I was a uh, I was more of a rave DJ. I was into dance music a lot. Uh, yeah. Producing some of the tracks. Then uh, one day, uh, you know, in in the early nineties, uh, the rave scene was popular. They they played dance music in the like the overnights. They invited me to mix, and I was I was like the midnight DJ. And then I met Rico because Rico was working there, and that's how we kind of connected. And we started doing the night show, and you know, next thing you know, we're doing mornings. Yeah. But uh, when when I started taking it serious, I told my program director like, "Yo, I'm gonna go to school so I could learn how to do this." Yeah. And he's the one who told me like, "Yo, don't go to school. If you go to school for broadcasting, I'm not gonna hire you." Mm. Yeah. Because during that time, a lot of the DJs were more like. Um, they were just like 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 you know regular people having a conversation, right? Because before that, it was announcers more like, and here is the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and yeah. now it's more like you know they wanted like street talk and more and, of a personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of like what what really helped me. And then when I try to figure out the right way to, of doing this, it's almost like like you said, I I, I had a dream. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, there's really not a way to do this. Like, if you want to stand out, just be yourself." Yeah, yeah. Because if you try to be like, you know, the person you look up to, people are gonna notice that. Mm-hmm. And and even even till this day, like when we do like something similar to someone else, like people will call you out on it. Like, yeah. oh, you're trying to be like so and so. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a good start for people that are stuck and like don't know a path. Is kind of like. I don't know, following someone that's already like already have like a successful path. Um, But at some point you got to make your own decisions and kind of go for it. You know, yeah, just do do it your way. Exactly. You got to do it your way. And you're not going to grow from anywhere from that. You know, I mean, the feature I was talking about is is dilemma of the day. And that's like like one of my favorite things that you you post. That's like a that's like a I don't know if you guys remember back in the newspaper days, there was a Ask Abby section. But it was more of like uh, it. It was similar to dilemma. Mm-hmm. But uh, one time we we uh, we were just soliciting like problems, like marriage oh, yeah. problems. Yeah. And we read one, and after that, it just kind of like just came from there. Crazy man, That's like crazy. Till this day, we get like at least three or four dilemmas. I love a day. reading that shit. Yeah. It's 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 on point. Yeah. And it's it's almost like uh, I don't know. It's like it's like a. a a lot of people always compare it to, uh, well, more more the the pervs 
They're like, I remember reading stuff like this on the Playboy magazine. <laughs> and I'm like, nobody buys a Playboy magazine <laughs> yeah, to read yeah, it, bro. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's like, we took a chance with that feature right, right. and it's like so it's one of the like popular main yeah. things yeah, yeah and it's so awesome. simple like someone else did it we just made it ours yeah and that's the best part is that you you don't even put your advice on it you just you just put the story and then you just let other people yeah. like talk about it and then, and then it's just like it just grows from there one thing i like is when when uh, you get like celebrities or big people like share it or, or mm. comment on it. I was yeah, like, yo, yeah. like so-and-so is reading yeah, it. That's crazy. That's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like they put the stamp on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes we get some of these people who, who come and do interviews and they'll say like, yo, I love that dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's their, it's their entertainment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. People can absolutely. find themselves in that situation. Yeah. Matt, I really, I really love like, you know, how you just take chances, man. Yeah, you know, and I don't even know where it comes from. I, a lot of it, I think, is a little bit of ignorance, <laughs> you know, in these younger <laughs> years. But I'm so glad that I actually ended up doing it. Can I ask um, you a question? Uh, in comparison to when you started, you're the founder, right? So I feel like founders evolve with their companies and they have to become, I don't know, the person that they need to be in order to, like, run the company later on. So if you can compare yourself at 26 to now, what do you feel like you've grown or like developed, um, differently or now that you're capable of? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, but one of them, you know, I'll say two of them. One of them is just understanding how to do a business. Mm -hmm. You know, now if I were to start a new business, you know, I, I could be very efficient with my time. I'd have the right people to do the job that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll tell you one thing on Upwork. This is one thing that I do that I've learned that is, you know, killer for us. Mm -hmm. We go on Upwork and we find the, like, it's not priority plus, but the, uh, you know, most recommended people and we only hire them. Mm -hmm. You know, just it, immediately get value. They're already vetted. They're already, they're doing amazing. You know, choose them. From there, since we've done that, you know, we just get bomb freelancers that make your lives just tremendously easy. Find one that it's a good value. So, you know, being able to actually build a business very efficiently and cost effectively. So that's one big thing. But mm -hmm. another thing is just like, you only live once. Yeah. And just go after it. I mean, make, you know, obviously don't make terrible decisions that are, you know, I think the USA hockey, you know, we lost a lot of money on that. But also, you know, now we provide to a bunch of NFL and NHL teams, mm -hmm. you know, and was that a road? And, and I've got an awesome co-founder as well that came in later, um, Victor Adamo, and he he measures me a bit. I'm more like, let's do it. He's like, well, let's think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what is there to think about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Press the button. It, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he's a good break sometimes. But, you know, really just being able to, uh, you know, just know that, you know, seeing the vision. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that it's going to work out. And even if it, it's, you know, you're going to be in points that are terrible. But, you know, just knowing that you have the strength to stand up and, you know, get it done. And whatever, you know, it's honestly whatever it takes. You know, and we were going to. Take, you take a lot of chances. Oh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I got another story for you. We uh, were trying to get investment. And this during, like, you know, startups were getting a bunch of money around, like, 2018 to 2020. Like, there was super inflated in valuations right. and we were like let's get in on this <laughs> and so we were trying to be like have those conversations with very high level organizations and so we always shoot for the high level organizations 
Because you might as well, right? Yeah. And so we were talking to a publicly traded company that was like funded in the billions. And we were like, hey, come on, you know, like we're going to, we're going to, you know, you guys aren't in the consumer sector. We'll use all your technology. You know, we'll actually 3D directly print these 3D uh, guards, which we actually have directly printed them, you know, but the customers like what we make currently. And, you know, I flew out to, to the company. And I'm outside the building. I call the president who I was having discussions with. And we got like, we got approved from their subsidiaries board, their board. And we were like going to sign like a $25 million deal. Wow. <laughs> How early was this in the... This was early. Oh, shit. <laughs> so that's early. big. That's yeah. big. It was crazy. Um, and we were like... Uh, we were getting ready to, you know, sign this deal and they had been, they had approved and then their stock dropped from like 16 to like a dollar in one day. I mean, hyper, you know, everything was a bubble in this moment. And so they had a lot of cash on hand. So we were like, let's take advantage of this. Let's, you know, get funded. It would have been really bad for us if it actually ended up happening Um, because the funding doesn't come in all at once. It's all over time. And so, um, Oh, you know, it it ended up so I like, you know, I flew out to the the company and I'm like, called the president. I'm like, hey, can I talk to the CEO? Can I introduce myself? You know, and so I'll I'll fly out there. You know, we'll spend the money. We'll take the risk. You know, if I just get a handshake with this guy, explain a little bit about us. You're in you end up having a network that is on a higher, you know, such a higher level. Mm -hmm. You, You pretty much catapult yourself into, you know, a completely different world. And, you know, I've actually always wanted to, you know, that's where a lot of the capital is. You right. kind of have to go to those. You know, I don't come from a wealthy family, but, you know, I know where the money is. And you got to go get it because, you know. Now, how did you learn this? Is this something that. Oh, dude. You, know, you researched, someone told you or. Okay, so. That's a good question, yeah. My dad worked at Pepperdine. And so I went to Pepperdine and, you know, it's in Malibu. A mm-hmm. lot of wealthy people there. And my freshman year roommate was a very, very wealthy uh, guy from Turkey. And he, he's a really nice guy. Love him to death. He kind of exposed me to a world of that, of that wealth. Mm-hmm. And I got to see, I got to, you know, and when I was in it, I was like, I want to talk to him. I want to talk to like, how, what do you do? You know, (laughs) (laughs) like I was meeting guys that like, you know, went to a village in Africa and then started, you know, selling all their coffee, selling the, you know, building up a village in Africa and taking the coffee and selling it to Starbucks and, you know, flying first class to Dubai, you know, over the ice caps at a bar. And I'm like, this is completely out of this world for me. Wait, this is your roommate? <laughs> this is my roommate. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, yeah. And you bless his heart for showing me the, this world. <laughs> but like, Jesus, I would talk to yeah, every no. single person and be like, so how'd you How'd you get here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know what I realized? You know, they're normal people. None, I was not like. Normal rich people. Normal rich people, (laughs) you know, but some of them earned it themselves. And the ones that earned them themselves, I'm like, you're just a guy with an idea and you did it. Yeah. And Mm. like you saw, it it honestly all made sense why they were in the situation they were in. And, you know, that actually really opened my eyes to saying, oh, wait, this is possible. Yeah. You know, as someone who's not necessarily coming from wealth, you know, I can come in and I can, you know, I can talk to people. I can leverage my business Mm -hmm. to, you know, get investment and we can, you know, build something big and useful to people as well, you know. Um, And so that was, you know, that, that, that was actually bigger than, 
you know, I really am touching upon because it really right. opened my eyes to seeing, you know, that side of things. And, you know, it, it kind of gets, you know, the wealthy always kind of gets demonized a little bit in some <laughs> ways. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to see that they're just like us in yeah. some ways and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that it is possible to make that. Now, now going back to you flying to, to meet up with the CEO out there, did, yeah, yeah. did you end up meeting up with him? Yeah, them? I did. He's a great guy. Um, I won't say the company uh, or the guy, but it's I'll a, just research the, the know, stock drop. I think I've told you, it, yeah. but uh, it's uh, yeah, the stock drop for sure. You'll find it. Um, it's in 3D printing, but um, oh, okay. no, great guy, and you know they ended up funding our manufacturing to directly 3D print, and so we continue to have conversations with them, but we're actually very comfortable in the way that we manufacture currently. Yeah. Unless they were. So it ended up working out. Like yeah. if they would, if that would have went through, do you think TrueFit would have existed today? Probably. Oh, okay. Probably. All right. It was, it was like, yeah. I mean, was, so when these bubbles happen, you know, these inflated valuations are insane. Yeah. Like everyone's just, it, it's a fever. Like everyone puts their money into anything. Things privileged. Yeah, frivolously. Not so. saying that you were anything, but we weren't what we are now. So this is this is true. <laughs> this is true. So what were your uh, your COVID struggles? Well, yeah, I mean that was the time that we should have been. I, I wish. Well, I don't wish, but <laughs> <laughs> if COVID was now, we'd be doing even better. Um, it really? was a really good time. For even with sports, like kind of ceasing to exist like well, at that time we'd probably lean into night guards a bit oh more. i see and okay like dentists oh, people weren't going to and yeah um yeah. but that would probably just be a business decision but you know as far as sports mouth guards go you know it's it's been a great you know market for us currently and but we're still working very hard and you know our, our main focus is do right to the, our, our customers yeah at the end of the day like get them an awesome product like I want at a low cost. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean like we will lose money on your customers. We don't, we are fine with it. You know, we, we want you to leave us saying, wow, that was very easy and affordable. And I got the product that I wanted to, and it's better than what I would have gotten from the dentist. And so, and with custom fit insoles, it's going to be sick. I mean, I got them in the bag. I've been wearing so. them. Like I don't wear, <laughs> you know, I don't grab my teeth, so I don't wear a night guard and I don't play, you know, sports that require a sports mouth guard, but I walk around every day, and the insoles are premier. On point. Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked about those. And if we're watching a game, if we're, we're looking at the athletes with the mouth guards, what are we looking for? Looking for Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Isn't there like a – you have like three <laughs> dots, right? Three uh, dots yeah. Yeah, on, yeah. on the guards. So we've got compression pads. you got to, des- you know, focus on the design patent on that one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, three dots on the guard. And, uh, yeah, we provide uh, a number of teams – so, so how many, how many teams, NFL teams, nine NHL teams. And this was actually our first year in the NFL. And we have four teams, uh, Eagles, Patriots, Rams, and, um, Arizona Cardinals. Almost all playoff teams, man. That's pretty good. Well, Rams and Eagles, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Arizona oh, Cardinals. I forgot Patriots. Yeah, Patriots yeah. <laughs> Great guys though. Yeah. So how long, how long, <laughs> how long? <laughs> <laughs> how long how long before you the you know you went from one team to to a couple of teams? I mean, we went from one team initially going from PFATs and then we ended up getting five teams by the end of the year and then this next year we started out with 9 and now we're at 11 in the NHL. Oh, that's I dope. mean, one of them being the Toronto Maple Leafs, which are, you know, a pretty premier team and then yeah. the New York Rangers. And then um for football, do we found that it was even 
it was even more awry, you know, in, in NFL. Like, it, it, you, you know, you think the NFL is, like, figured out to a T in every way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're just like us. They're just trying mm-hmm. to figure out, get the best product possible. And right. this is just such an antiquated market that there was actually nothing there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're the only ones showing up at these conferences. So NHL, NFL, and then rugby as well, right? Uh, or we have USA rugby, USA and rugby. then right. uh, the Penn State rugby team. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, I was just thinking of other sports. Yeah. I forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, USA hockey. USA hockey. Yeah, yeah. Which you know that's actually a pretty big one, and we, we continue to have a great relationship with them. We we love their partnership team, and um, you know we kind of just bit the bullet, but. You know, we appreciate them in yeah. a lot of ways. But, yeah, I mean, we're expanding. So th- this year will be a big year for us. We have a lot of software integrated with it. I, I mean, and mostly, you know, it's hard for competitors to compete with, compete with us mm-hmm. because we're kind of thinking about custom fit as, you know, a whole. So we're willing to take risks that, you know, they're not going to spend $25,000 on a dashboard. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to take these, you know, massive risks mm-hmm. to, you know, make their product better because we are actually looking really downfield and saying, Hey, you know what? There's a huge market here actually. Mm-hmm. And how many more products do you plan on releasing in the, let's say next year? Um, well, this year it's whitening trays and insoles. Um, insoles being a really big one because it's, you know, a whole different manufacturing model. But we, once again, when I was younger, I built them all mm-hmm. prior to this. So it's kind of like I've been ready. <laughs> I've been <laughs> stoked to give them, get them out, but I've just been, you know, we really didn't have the capital to push it. Um, so now we have that. We're pushing those. But really, we want you just to have your scan on file and be able to have on-demand access to, you know, it doesn't have to be a true fit product, but it mm-hmm. could be like custom fit sandals. You know, yeah. why isn't everything custom fit? Yeah. We live in 2023 and everyone's built different. It's a good, yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. it, the technology exists. I mean, yeah. oh yeah. And the materials. This is also very interesting. That like a lot of these three D printing materials. You know, they've been created for the aerospace and automotive industry. Mm-hmm. So you have this huge wide range of materials, but you know they're heavily regulated. But in the consumer sector, you know, we take those con- we take those materials that are not regulated. You know, because you're not with the with things that you put in your mouth. We uh, we follow all the you know, dental guidelines, yeah. of course, but like, you know, they're not regulated because they don't need to take a crash or anything like that or stand pressure up in the you know air. Mm-hmm. And so we take those materials and we bring them into the consumer sector. And so I think there's a lot of consumer custom fit options coming out. We just want to be an easy way for you to get your custom fit, to have your scan on file and have on-demand access. And we'll, you know, we'll coordinate with the third parties to keep those costs mm-hmm. low. Wow. A lot of information today, man. A lot of yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I tend to get very all technical. All good things, all good no, things. No, that's though. dope. I'm, I'm so happy you shared your story just because, I mean, I mean, there's someone out there thinking about starting a business. and 100%. I, oh, I, yeah. I just think that uh, uh, it's crazy how there's a kid out there who has this idea and, you know, as they get older and they go to school and they're like, all right, let, let me put my product out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your product was based on, on what was – what was going to be, what, what did the market need in the future? You, yeah, you yeah. did research for that. And you said it, what, how long you been? It's five years, five, six years. Well, if you take me from 26, you know, yeah, I'm 31 now. So five years, two years of actual, you know, being in the market. And, but there, there is, a, there's 
you know, three years of that, that is mm-hmm. just research and like trying to build it and trying to figure it out, but also spending a bunch of money during <laughs> Take, that and time. And taking chances. Yeah. And taking yeah, wild yeah, chances. Yeah. Um, but, but now you have the Rams. Now you have uh, NHL teams. Yeah. Now you got NFL yeah. teams, man. Yeah. Keep those teams coming, man. Matt, yeah. is there a, a website people can check out? Yeah. Truefitcustoms.com. Yeah. We got a great holiday special going on. And social media the same? Truefit underscore customs. Yeah. All right. T-R-U, right? T-R-U-F-I-T. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. All right, Matt. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your story. And I know uh, once, uh, you know, once once uh, uh, you get some some more of those teams, we'll definitely have you back, man. Oh, man. Can't wait to share about it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. Make sure you give Matt a follow. Also, give us a follow at Persistence Culture. Keep moving.